Learning Differences with Kimberlyn Lavelle. And this episode is Reading Comprehension Struggles. So we'll be talking about what reading comprehension is, what the struggles might look like, and of course, most importantly, what we can do about it, as well as some tips on what not to do about it. So reading comprehension is being able to understand and analyze and discuss a text. You understand what you're reading. It's not just words on a page. Now there's different levels to this. There is the basic facts and recall that you know that this person did this because it explicitly told you that this person did this. The who, what, when, where, why, how questions that are directly answered in the text. If they are not directly answered, then it might be an inference that it's something you're supposed to figure out, but they don't directly tell you, then it's inferencing is a higher level skill than the basic facts. Do you know the basic facts? Can you understand the basic facts? So first level is there. Next. Um, actually, before this one, I would say the next or similar to this one is sequencing. Sequencing events, remembering what are the, the events that happen, what is the sequence of, of events that happened? What happened before or after this? Predicting. Now you have to use some creative thought and come up with what happened, what might happen next. And maybe this comes with before you read it, you make a prediction on what's going to happen. Now, whether or not the child is right on that is what happens does not matter. That is not the purpose here. It does not matter. What matters is, does, does their prediction make any sense at all? Like, is there a reason that that's what they're predicting? There are kids who make a prediction and it makes zero sense. And if you ask them why they predicted that, they tell it to you and it suddenly makes sense. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, all right, fine, I understand that. But if they try to explain it to you and it still makes zero sense, and maybe you keep asking and you try it, you're trying and you're like, maybe it's, no. There are kids that their predictions just make zero sense. They're about something totally different. It's way off base. So that is a skill. Um, inferencing, this is what I was referencing before. It's a who, what, why, when, where, how question that they don't actually tell you but they give you enough information that you can figure it out or you can make a good guess. So if they give you no information about what time of day something happened and no clues, then it's not an inference, it's just a guess. But if it tells you that it was dark, you know it probably happened somewhere in the night or very early morning, right? Especially depending on what other events were happening and what they were doing. Um, you know, maybe they're brushing their teeth. Okay, well, that can be night or morning. So what else are they doing? Were their pajamas going on or off? <laughs> what was happening? And then it gives you some clues and you can figure it out. If they give you none of that, and it's just about a kid who's reading a book and you don't know when it happened, then you don't know when it happened. And you can guess, but that is not an inference. So then... The deeper level is analyzing and evaluating. So you might evaluate whether or not 
you thought the book was good and if it made sense and if it was accurate, you're, you're evaluating different aspects of the text. So you can evaluate and you can analyze it for going deeper. Like what, how does this apply to my life and how, what is the meaning behind it? What does the author want us to learn from it? And what, what can we do about it? And what would have happened in the story if it's a story? What would have happened if this other event happened? Or if this event had never happened? How would it have been different? That kind of analysis requires much deeper levels of critical thinking skills. And there are certain ways that you can ask those questions in simple stories with very young readers. But in general, the analysis happens at a higher level for older kids whose brain is more fully developed. Um, so reading comprehension leads to the ability to learn from a text and find enjoyment in reading. That you can pick up something informational and learn from it. I can pick up a book about gardening and learn from it and make use of it in my life. And I can pick up a novel and enjoy reading it for the sake of reading it. I understand what's happening in it. I'm making a movie in my mind. I'm enjoying reading it because I understand it. It's not just words on a page. So your child should be able to comprehend at least at a basic facts level any text that they can read with at least 95% accuracy. So if they can read 95 out of every 100 words or 19 out of every 20 words, then they should be able to comprehend that text at least at a basic fact recall level. Ideally, you want them to be at higher levels also. You want them to be able to make some basic inferences and analysis depending on where they're at in their brain development also. All of this can be hindered by some learning disabilities. Some kids, whether they're hearing a story out loud or reading it to themselves, they just can't understand it. They really struggle with it. It can be hindered. Or they can understand really basic stories, but they can read words at a much higher level and they can't comprehend it. It does not make sense to them. So that's a struggle. That's a problem. We're not going to get into all of those disabilities today, but we need to do something about it. So what can we do to support reading comprehension in kids who are struggling with it? How do we help them develop that skill? First of all, we need to develop their vocabulary. We need to make sure that they understand the words that are being used in the text. Often we read books that use words that we don't use in our everyday life. So we as parents can start supporting that by actually using those words in everyday life and developing our own vocabulary and our own use of vocabulary and not being afraid to use big words around our kid because they need to know what they mean. It's going to show up in their reading and they need to know what it means. Um, you know, if you always use the same word for something, like if you always say jacket and you never say coat, then they might not know what a coat is when they read about a coat. Basic example. I'm in California. We don't have a lot of coats. Um, and I'm going to get into vocabulary very deeply next month, but 
So watch for that. But right now, just keep in mind that we need to develop vocabulary in order to support their reading comprehension development. Okay, another thing to do, read and discuss text frequently. Read out loud to your kid and discuss it as you're going or discuss it afterwards. Audiobooks, listen together in the car or while you guys are folding laundry or whatever. When you're in building Lego, anything. Whatever you're doing together, play audiobooks and listen to it with your child and ask questions about it. Pause it occasionally to ask questions or after you stop listening to, you know, you finish that chapter and you stop it for the day, then you go and you're eating dinner and you're like, oh, it, you discuss the book that you were listening to. Make sure that they can recall events that happened. They should have a basic recall of what happened. Otherwise, they need to go hear it again. Don't be afraid to read things more than once. Play audiobooks more than once. That's how your kid develops an understanding of what's happening. A lot of us need more time to process and hearing it more than once will help us process it. So don't be afraid of that. Definitely do it. it is one of the strategies in my um, Octopus's Guide to Reading Comprehension. So I'm also going to give you a link for that. Another thing to do, another strategy is to discuss movies and shows in the same way that you would discuss a book. So when you're watching a movie together, ask those same sorts of basic recall, sequencing of events, predicting, inferencing, analyzing. Ask those same sorts of questions that you would ask about a book, about the movie, about the TV show. And you're practicing your skill of asking those questions. And they're used to you asking these questions about everything. And sometimes you can turn the tables and say, okay, now you ask me some questions. If they can come up with a question, they probably know the answer to it. And they're learning how to ask questions, which is also a really great skill. So that have them quiz you, and that can also be powerful. It also, hearing your answers can help them comprehend, like, oh, I didn't actually know the answer to that. I was just asking it. And your answer can help give them an answer. Um, I will say sometimes kids ask questions that don't make any sense or don't have a real answer or wasn't answered in the movie, make light of it, do the best that you can with it um, without, without making it anything that they will feel badly about. Always um, trying to just encourage their love of analysis. <laughs> okay, some do nots. Do not give your child a test on every text that they read. One of the things that I most dislike in public schools is a lot of them tend to use these quiz programs so that a child has to read a book by themselves or with a parent or whatever, and then they have to go on the computer and take a test about the book to answer comprehension questions about the book. Answering questions, especially multiple choice questions, does not teach reading comprehension. And giving points about it, now you've made it a chore with a reward. And they feel like reading is like a punishment or a chore. They don't, they, it takes away their love of reading. So I had the episode at the beginning in January on motivation killers. Go back and listen to that. I need you to understand why we do not want to use rewards and punishments including dangling little 
um, points for reading books. It kills their motivation in the long run. It is not what we want to be doing. And those types of tests don't teach reading comprehension. It does not improve your child's ability to comprehend what they read. First of all, those tests tend to be very basic level questions. So it's only hitting those that level of comprehension. And it's making it a task to do rather than just an enjoyable conversation to have with you. You know, a lot of us have are, been in book clubs where we just enjoy talking about a book and discussing a book and different thoughts on a book and join a book club. You joining a book club will help your kid know that books are awesome and that they should be discussed. Help your kid start a book club. If they're interested, don't force it. And have these conversations. So if conversations about books and movies and TV shows are just part of daily life conversationally, then it's much easier for your child to have the, that kind of thought process always happening because it's constantly modeled to them. They're constantly a part of it. So you're kind of rewiring their brain into comprehending. Do not give a test. Similarly, don't complete reading comprehension worksheets. Those are more about testing whether or not your kid knows it, not about teaching the actual comprehension of it. So they're great to practice and to do together if you're going to do them. Discuss it together, have conversations about it. Um, if they have a friend that was reading the same thing, if you can invite the friend over and have that conversation together, that can be helpful. If it's an assignment for school, go ahead and do it. But don't assign reading worksheets to your kid, comprehension worksheets to your kid, assuming that that is going to teach them comprehension. It checks to see if they are comprehending, which can be valuable, but it's not teaching them the comprehension. So limit how often you're checking to see if they can comprehend, which you should already know if you're having conversations with your kid and shouldn't need to test them on it. But if you want something tangible, um, that's okay. Just keep it to a minimum. Definitely not about every single text that they read. Most of the reading should just be enjoyable or, you know, for information or for entertainment that they're reading for a purpose other than completing a worksheet or taking a test or getting points and having those conversations as a family about what you are reading or watching on TV or listening to on the radio or whatever. Um, you know, some people listen to like podcasts that are stories or audiobooks, any of that is all awesome fodder for discussing and comprehending. And all of those are things that might need to be listened to or watched more than once in order for any of us to really truly understand it. We get new information every time. Because if we've heard it once, we get some of the information. We hear it again, we fill in some of the details. We hear it again, we fill in more details and we hear it more, it's reinforced more. So. There is no shame, no problem, no harm in listening to something more than once. I would encourage you to listen to things more than once. Do not interrupt their answers or their think time. If you ask them a question and they're giving you an answer and you think it's totally wrong, shut up and listen. Hope I didn't offend anybody. Listen. 
just listen to what they're saying because sometimes we're so quick to correct them that we aren't listening to understand their viewpoint and how they're hearing that text or reading that text and what they're understanding is happening. So you're, it's giving you a clue about what they're misunderstanding or it's giving you in like they are seeing something in a different way that's not necessarily incorrect. So give it a chance, have an open mind, listen fully to their answer. If they are totally flat out wrong, not a problem. I mean, it can be a problem, but in the moment, it's not a problem. You just go back, read it again, listen to it again, have them check to see if they're right and just ask them, oh, let's, let's read that again and check that and see if that's accurate. You might have to read something 10 times before a kid realizes that that's not accurate. You might have to really dig down to, you know, sometimes it's repeating a single sentence a few times before they really understand what that sentence is saying and how that sentence proves what they said as their answer wrong. But more importantly, it hopefully tells them what is correct also. Now, one of the struggles with this is that sometimes a kid has that wrong idea in their head and they can't really take in information that doesn't agree with what they already are thinking. They, they don't know how to make sense of that other information. So they just kind of don't hear it. They don't, it doesn't process that they're wrong because of course they're right. So be careful with this. There are times where you might need to just let it go. Or you might even give them a very gentle, oh, actually it was this. Move on, let it go, stop reading for the day or whatever. And just, and come back to and teach it, uh, work on that same type of thing another day with a different text and maybe use smaller chunks, you know, read a smaller segment before you have them answer that same type of question. Something you should definitely do though, is download the Octopus's Guide to Reading Comprehension. It will give you some, so I've got eight strategies in there that are just fun, enjoyable ways to just build comprehension beyond what we've talked about today. So there's a bunch more in there. Definitely download that. Um, there's also audios that go into each of those strategies in the podcast and on the website. So check those out. There's also videos on the website. So they're all short, but go check those out as more strategies for helping with reading comprehension. Also do model reading for enjoyment and for information to your child when your child sees you reading informational text about gardening so that you can learn how to garden they know that a book is a place to get information and it's helpful if they see you reading for enjoyment and going to book clubs they know that reading books for enjoyment and discussing books is a normal part of life it's something that people do for pleasure and enjoyment and fun and especially if you talk it up like, oh, I'm so excited. Today is reading is my book club day. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, I don't know my friends are going to be there and we were going to read, we've been reading this great book and I can't wait to talk to them about it. Cause I just, I want to know what they think about this one part. That's just like, it's like, oh my gosh. Right. Having that kind of conversation and letting them know that you're excited about it helps foster 
It, it's modeling for them and it might not look like it's even paying off. It might be 20 years before your kid is now in a book club themselves. Just trust that it's at least good for them to see you loving it genuinely. And if you don't love it genuinely, work on that. Start reading and comprehending for enjoyment. Anything that might be enjoyable to you. Look for things that might be enjoyable to you and read those. And that might be just factual stuff that you want to learn more about something or how to do something. Or it might be comic books that you want a lot of pictures with it or whatever. Focus on yourself if it's a struggle for you. Because modeling it is a huge, huge, huge part of your child's perception of that activity. So your takeaway for today is that reading comprehension is critical for reading to be useful and enjoyable and reading comprehension can be fostered. There are a lot of strategies that we've talked about today and that I go way more into way more strategies in the Octopus's Guide to Reading Comprehension. So download that. Um, if you haven't noticed, my logo is an octopus and that's why I called it the Octopus's Guide to Reading Comprehension and gave you eight strategies in there. Um, so you can download the Octopus's Guide at www dot your parent help all smashed together dot com slash reading comprehension again everything's all smashed together there's no underscores or anything your parent help.com slash reading comprehension and if you want to learn more about how to teach your own specific struggling learner i do offer consultation coaching um, in group and individual sessions so email me, Kimberlyn at decodinglearningdifferences.com. That's going to be one of the easiest ways to find out what my availability is, what I have coming up real life in the moment based on whenever you are hearing this, listening to this. Um, and I can give you very specific strategies for who your child is. Today we got into some general ideas, but each kid is so different that some of what I said today may not apply to your kid and we can have that kind of conversation and get deep and useful and specific for who your child is. So I look forward to hearing from you. I also love hearing stories. So you can also just email me stories about your kid and their comprehension or reading or anything else that's going on with their learning. I love all of it. Again, it is Kimberlyn at decodinglearningdifferences.com. I had fun talking to you today about reading comprehension, and I look forward to talking to you again next week.